right, it has been forever. But what's going on, guys? Welcome on back to the second and short podcast, Mosaic MC Network. My name is Tyler Louder. He is Jason Teasley, Mosaic MC East. And we've been gone for a long time. COVID hit us. First of all, Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm back to back to my normal self. Um, so definitely back on the mend. Um ready to talk some fancy football. I know I've been away uh, a while and know we haven't been dropping content. I've been trying to keep up on Twitter though, so uh, doing some live in-game tweets. So back at it, ready to talk some more mid-season moves. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about a lot of things here today. We're gonna go over, uh, you know, our news and things. We're gonna go over Dynasty mid-season moves where Jason is gonna take an approach of that of a contender and I'm gonna take an approach of that of a rebuilder. Uh, and then we're going to kind of end with talking about the content creators charity guillotine league that we have going on as we've approached the final nine we have officially made the merge and we're going to give a little update on how that charity contest we have going on with 18 total content creators in and so with all that being said before we jump into news and things crazy things happen you and i are going back and forth <laughs> talking about um we have some offers in our leagues and some things that you want to do right now you're trying to be really aggressive um at looking to the future while still trying to uh compete a little bit this year um by getting somebody like a jack prescott or, or Saquon barkley and i was talking about how i'm a contender right now trying to compete and i am trying to make a big big move and i did we literally discussed like hey, here's a counter counter should i send it and i sent the deal out and for context for everybody superflex league i'm currently sitting at first most points scored best record um i've had injuries to Brees hall Devonte williams i traded away aaron Rodgers, who disappointed i traded away st brown when he was getting hurt early and i just secured uh two big moves i traded away matt stafford trey lance a first and two seconds in next year's draft class. And I got, I got big daddy, Joe Burrow and CD lamb. And I think this is fantastic for me. The guy I got it from is rebuilding. Uh, he didn't want to part with some other guys that are a little bit older rate the trade. How do you think it went that tell me about, it. I'm excited right now. Oh yeah. You have every right to be excited. I think you pulled off probably one of the best trades you could in that league, especially setting um seven and two and you have the one one coming up yes. uh to, to add two of the top i'm gonna say top three possibly yeah almost i'll say top three uh super flex fantasy quarterbacks um in a dynasty format i think you put off this trade and the the excitement in your voice and you know our pre-meeting was was very well justified yeah, and, and for the context of top three quarterbacks talking about, I now own Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in this league. So I yeah, I'm 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 ecstatic. I normally don't in Superflex leagues, I, I try and I, I try and you know zig when everybody else zags and I try and run with like one quarterback or like older quarterbacks or two middle of the road guys. I never I've never had two top tier guys uh at the same time. And so I'm I'm kind of ecstatic. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like within the next like two three weeks i'm going to trade away patrick mahomes <laughs> for a package um but probably not but let's go ahead and jump into the episode let's talk about some news and things this is going to be stuff that is going to be relevant for relevant for you in redraft form and then our mid point is going to be talking about our dynasty and then at the end of this episode like i said we're going to talk about our charitable uh guillotine league that we have going on that we're going to try and expand next year because we want to give back to you know charities so first thing news and things i want your instant reaction on this uh, running back Jonathan Taylor has been back at practice. He was spotted yesterday. I think he's spotted again today. Uh, on top of this news, the Colts waived Philip Lindsay. And so to me, that is kind of a sign of positive things for Jonathan Taylor. They did bring running back Jake Funk uh, to their practice squad. So there's a little movement there. But what is your reaction on this? Uh it's interesting. It's an interesting story to follow, especially with the other news that came out of Indy um, with the regime change. I, I think, and this is something I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, I'm not. I'm not panicking with Taylor, but I'm. I've got some concerns now. 
Uh, so this is something very, very heavily monitored. So let's just pump the brakes. Let's not get too excited. And just see what what shakes out in this because it's it's something that definitely does um, warrant observation, but not a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, and I think I agree, um, but I do think that it does show some signs of confidence that they're letting Philip Lindsay go. I mean, they're not just letting like any running back go; they're letting a veteran running back. Uh, they they did just bring in Zach Moss, but letting go of Lindsay. The same week that, I mean, you didn't have JT last week. Jackson also kind of showed some signs of, of being injured, so we don't know how that's going to look. I mean, getting rid of a veteran must show signs that JT's on his way back. And I think right now could be a big swing for fantasy managers where Jonathan Taylor in re redraft formats could be a really cheap get for somebody that is sick and tired of not having their number one pick, and you might be able to snag him for a good deal and use him on your push to win the league. So we'll see how that all turns out. Uh, and secondary news, not coming back, the Las Vegas Raiders have placed tight end Darren Waller on injury reserve, hamstring injury, out the next four weeks. We're looking at maybe the final four weeks, if you have, depends on when your fantasy playoffs start. I mean, you might not even have this guy for the rest of your season. And to be honest, if you have somebody in the league that has Darren Waller, send your backup tight end and some position for an upgrade to them right now, because waivers for tight ends yeah. are probably barren. And I'm in the process right now. of going to send somebody that I know just lost Waller. So, you know, Greg, Greg Dolich and a running back to try and get a running back upgrade from them, because I know that that could be a benefit for them. But yeah, I mean, Darren Waller, what a disappointment this year he's been so far because of injuries. Um, this is very frustrating. We we were Darren Waller truthers for the past two years, mm -hmm. um, and we thought that they was turning the corner, especially with Devontae Adams getting there. And it seems like even though they added a weapon, the other existing weapons took a backseat. Yeah, and it, I mean, the Raiders right now are sitting in a, a top 10 spot. Yeah, they've been playing poor all year. There's been very few highlights on their on their team. Uh, offensively, defensively, there's really, I mean, only Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs have been having good years. Everything else is kind of pushed. Uh, trust me, I'm a huge Darren Waller fan. I mean, six, seven years ago, uh, when he came into the league, he was on the Baltimore Ravens as a wide receiver. And in Madden, I would always convert him to tight end because he is of his frame and he had like 90 speed. And I was like, this guy's a threat. And I used to use him like all the time with that. So I've been a fan of him for a long time. It's frustrating. It sucks when you get these guys that are drafted high up or these guys that have these good expectations just fall through and they don't, they, they, they can't stay healthy. And you hate to see injury take away from a player that was just coasting at the right time. Uh, now let's go into our third, our final news and things. Josh Allen, day-to-day -day quotation mark, elbow injury. Maybe quarterback Case Keenum is going to start against his former Vikings. Uh, what is going on here? Are, is this true? Are they just trying to pull away from and distract the Vikings? I saw a report that that Josh Allen's going to play no matter what unless security holds him down. Give me your take on this. How concerned are you? What are your thoughts? I'm very concerned because I think this is pretty much out of the Belichick playbook. Uh, until you absolutely have to report the injury, you want to keep people guessing and everything. Uh, the injury is uh, more commonly known in baseball, uh, and it's really sim similar to Tommy John. Um, so this is the same tendons, ligaments, and uh, structural damage that, you know, baseball pitchers have with Tommy John surgery. I, I'm concerned because, one, I mean, Buffalo is on a magical run. I mean, they they are a great team. They fell apart late but I kind of think that comes with the, the injury to Allen. I would definitely pay attention to the injury report that comes out late tomorrow. Yeah, if, if Josh Allen doesn't practice all week and then starts, on, starts this weekend, I'm not surprised. If he sits out, um, I think all it's going to do is it's really going to make the NFC race interesting. I think the Vikings right now are going to end up being in a three-team race for... Uh, you know, a, a top seed. I think unless the Eagles have a collapse, so it, it's probably going to be theirs. Plus, they have the tiebreak over the Vikings. 
I think the 49ers though are going to be pushing strong and they're going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, they were actually preseason, a, a Super Bowl pick of mine. And I, I'm kind of standing by my Super Bowl predictions right now. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, it's concern. It's, it's a worry, but I, I think it'll be, it'll be all right. Going right back to what we just talked about, Darren Waller, uh, breaking news, the Raiders actually just placed Hunter Renfro on injured reserve as well. So if you're a contender and you really want to win right now, go on and get Devontae Adams. Like he's, he's, he's going to get fed nonstop. Now, with all that being said, let's move into our meat and potatoes of this episode. We're going to talk about some dynasty midseason moves. And like I said, Jason is going to take the approach of a team that is contending. They're let's say this league's been going on for four years and you're sick and tired of never winning and you've never made the championship and you're not just giving away your money anymore, but your team is, you know, it's too good to lose. So here it is. You're five and four right now. You're currently the sixth seed in a 12 team league. Uh, we could even say it's a bigger league. It doesn't matter, but you're the sixth seed. So you're the last spot in the playoffs right now. You want to move. You want to win. Now you, you'll figure out the future next year. You don't care. What moves are you going to make to get yourself in the final four to five weeks of the regular season into a better playoff spot and to push for winning that championship this year? Uh, let's go ahead and start these off however you want. All right, so we're going to start off with the quarterback position, which is uh, one of the things you kind of questioned, but I took, you know, I'm coming at this, like I said, we always zig when you zag uh, here on the cheap seats. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm offloading Callum Murray. Um, everybody's for some reason in a lot of my leagues, uh, people are high on Kyler, uh, especially down the stretch, but you're getting, you're getting a better quarterback with a better second half of the season, uh, that can be available. He's coming off one of his best career games against Miami. And I think you could actually get fields and a pick and ship Kyler off. Uh, now it's not saying that I don't believe in Kyler. I don't believe in Kyler as an asset when you can get uh, a quarterback that has, uh, in my opinion, a better upside. Chicago has a solid one-two dynamic duo in the backfield with Montgomery and Herbert. Uh, they, they're figuring out that uh, tight end that we, we said that was emerging this year is actually paying off dividends and making us look smart and commit. Uh, then, you know, Chicago went out and traded for Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, giving Mooney somebody to, to work off of. So this offense is getting some weapons, and they're young, and you have a better second half of the season, in my opinion, with better matchups with fields and getting a, a little bit of addition and sending somebody, uh, Kyler, that may be in that contention to win down the road and they may be rebuilding. They may just be, they just may be a Kyler fan and they're like, you know, fields is just too up and down for me. I, I don't, I don't trust him. This is a player that I feel that's going to help you not only win now, but also win in the future. And if you can get a future pick with him, say a, a, a mid second, you're going to come out looking like a genius. Yeah, and so the only the only concern that we have with this deal is that Justin Fields just came off of a very hot performance, dropping 50 fantasy points. Uh, they're currently in a, a kind of standard quarterback league we have here. They're separated by nine fantasy points. Neither, neither quarterback has had their, their bye week yet. Uh, so, I mean, there's a little bit of concern there. But, I mean, Kyler Murray has put together three, four, five, six, seven QB1 finishes so far this year and out of nine weeks and so i i think the idea that you're going to pull behind this is that to somebody kyler murray is a more secure thing for you but for you justin fields is still young so you're still getting that dynasty aspect of the youth but justin fields has a better outlook going forward this season with his matchups also kyler murray has a slight hamstring issue right now that came out of it not, not out of nowhere but it just kind of seems like out of left field that they're like this might hinder him and I, I do think that Justin Fields has been given the keys, and I think that the Bears are doing better than people thought. And even if they have a high pick, they're not going to replace him. Uh, not yet. He's, he's shown some good things. And I think with a little bit better pass protection uh, and, and more chemistry with Claypool, he's going to develop 
even more. And I, I like this move. I do like this move. I'm going to let everybody know right now, listening, Jason has four moves here, and I know what they all are. He's already told me, and I've ranked them. So I'm going to let you know right now, this is ranked as the number three move out of the four you've proposed that I think is A, feasible, uh, and B, value-wise, uh, makes sense. So it, it comes in third there, where I like it, I don't love it. Uh, okay. but let's, let's, let's move on. Um, why don't you give right. me uh, something to do at, like, tight end? What are you doing at tight end right yeah. now? Yeah. Tight end uh, is a player that, you know, I was made fun of last year uh, for saying that I'm not high on him. I don't think he's going to transition to the NFL well. He did have a good rookie season uh, without any touchdowns, surprisingly. But now he's showing that sophomore slump, and I'm dealing Kyle Pitts. Uh, and I'm wanting, and this is a, this is one that I, I'm looking at, and uh, I'm looking to get the Vikings' new toy, TJ Hawkinson, and Mike Evans in return. Yeah, and I think, okay, so this move is number two uh, that I have here because I think Kyle Pitts' dynasty value is still really high. The reason why it's not the number one move that you have here is because another move you have is, I think is fantastic and makes the most sense. But what I like more about this move is that Kyle Pitts' value is still very high. We're just kind of down on him, and, and you can sell him on the upside of his new quarterback is going to be better uh, type thing. And, or just like, hey, once they, once they start building this chemistry a little bit more, or just, you can make lots of arguments. He's just got so much upside. Look what he did last year. Like and that can happen again. And getting somebody like Hawkinson, who is in a, a crowded room that is going to have another door open because Thielen's getting older. I, I like, and he already showed that he works well with cousins. I also think another uh, player you could try and get move for is like a Pat uh, Freermuth would be another type of guy that I think would fit in this aesthetic that you have of like uh, a young top 10 still guy where you're not falling too far grabbing somebody like mike evans uh, i think is a really good move here uh, i think somebody like mike evans or like mike williams or like tyler lockett uh amari cooper um guys that are in that range which i, I i'm assuming you're in agreement there with some of those names i'm dropping uh yeah these are a lot of the sense. players yeah these are a lot of players that mean you talk about on a constant basis that are consistent and produce but doesn't don't get the love so you're going to see that with your league mates as well mm -hmm. you're going to see these uh you're going to see these people and for some reason i don't know why a lot of people go on name value alone rather than productivity so they're going to see they're going to see a tj hawkson to mike evans oh well you know evans I don't know. I'm I'm kind of down on Evans. Hawkinson's going to a crowded receiving core. Brady's yeah, going to be retiring deal. soon. I don't know yeah. if Evans is going to have that value. And, and yeah. this is this is literally like selling. And I'm going to talk about this in my in my segment too. Is is you're selling pits at it's not peak value. It is dim, diminished a little bit. But I, I do think that he still has this this shine on him that makes him look new, even though he's he's a little used. Yeah, and Mike Evans is probably one of the most consistent wide receivers in mm -hmm. the NFL that gets looked over. Um, Tyler Lockett, as you mentioned, is another one that they put up numbers. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have extremely boom uh, weeks, but they're going to be consistently on that that even kill to put up good numbers, to, especially if you're wanting to go go all in now and win. These are two upgrades that I see that could benefit. Hawkinson goes to a team that has Thielen and Justin Jefferson, who's, who kind of stretched the field, gives you a big red zone uh, target for Kirk Cousins. Bell's Cousins out a lot more. I think it's an upgrade over Irv Smith. And plus you're adding Mike Evans, who is still consistent. Uh, and people yes. might be down on him because they're like, well, he's been in the league for a while. He's still a young receiver. He's not like he's not out there like as a thirty-five-year-old receiver. He's still no, he's, relatively he's young. 20, he's twenty-nine. He's twenty-nine right now, and he's never had a finish below twenty-two. Uh, he's had in all of his career, he's only had two times he's finished, uh, three times he's finished fifteen or lower. He's consistently finishing in the top ten. And and for people out there that are like, well, I don't know if you can get that and everything, because Mike Mike Evans is so no, yeah, we all think Mike Evans is great. We do, but the wide receivers in next year's draft class, I don't think are fantastic. 
go out and try and sell Mike Evans for a 23 first, a late 23 first. Somebody, they won't, people won't do it. They will not do it. You might get one person. Maybe you're in a league that has a guy that sees that value. People won't sell him for that value, which means they're devaluing him, but he's consistently doing well for you. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is not getting any respect at all. Amari Cooper gets no respect at all. I mean, Amari Cooper's wide receiver 12 right now with Jacoby Brissett as his, as his quarterback. That's and he's insane. got two weeks. Two weeks he gets an upgraded quarterback with Deshaun Watson. Tyler Lockett's wide receiver nine with Geno Smith. I think these are great win now moves. I have it at two now because I think getting rid of Pitts to somebody that uh, isn't winning right now, is it's a good move and you're going to help yourself a lot this year, but it's not going to hurt you too much next year. Now, um, let's talk about your wide receiver move. And I'm going to let you know right now, this is number four for me. I, I, I do not agree with this, but. Okay, so this, this is, this is a, a big splash, I, I could say, uh, because one um, is a look at, you take out of that one big game he had last year, he was, he was middle of the road. Uh, and that's I'm trading Jamar Chase. Ugh. And I'm looking, I'm looking back, I'm looking to get back somebody like Josh Jacobs and Juju. Josh Jacobs, we've talked about this plenty of times. He's not getting the love, but he produces. He's in an offense that when they do get the lead, they, they lean on him heavily. It's not very often. Uh, you, you, we just reported that Renford and Waller are out. So you're going to see them leaning on him more. We're in a win. We're kind of in a in a push to win this season, and you know, uh, still set us up for later on. Uh, the Juju side is where I just kind of uh, looked at uh, a receiver that can get us valued now and and in the future. The kind of package with Jacobs, uh, because the more that Mahomes and Juju are playing together. Uh, you can see the chemistry developing more, and you can see their mechanics developing more. Um, and Mahomes likes Juju. He he gets in the ball. You've seen he's had an uptick uh, since being um, being there. So this is a, a move that I think that you could cash in on Jamar Chase with the injury. He's a currently on IR. Get the set yourself up for a better um, move now, because typically somebody that's going to make this move is in in your case on the rebuild side that's trying to get rid of some of their assets uh, that you can, you know, that's looking to gain, looking to rebuild and gain assets, and you know, looking toward the future, not much win now. So, you know, you said you had this at your number four, so go ahead and roast me on it. I just think that you're not getting enough for Jamar Chase. I think that you're undervaluing Jamar Chase um, because he is a startup first-round pick in all formats, uh, including Superflex. I, I think he is a top-12 Superflex um, dynasty value. I think a single quarterback, he's a top-5 dynasty value. Uh, I kind of have him in a value range over a lot of – running backs and every quarterback and single quarterback range i think you could just be getting more i understand getting this i think this is the type of move that like you sell to the guy that is like competing with you right now for that final spot and you sell him be like hey i'll give you jamar chase for you got josh jacobs juju and and, and a first i i think i think that you could get a first round pick value more out of this deal because josh jacobs is hitting free agency uh juju is hitting free agency there, we're seeing a lot of good things from them, but I think this is, while we are trying to win now, and so I agree with that concept of it, we don't know how long Chase is going to be out, probably another two, three weeks. I think dynasty-wise, you're going to be setting yourself back in four months. Like in four months, you're going to be like, ah, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's my feeling on this, but I, I get the concept of what you're saying. Like, let's go get big-name guy or, or, or mid-name guys for a big-name guy uh, in return. I just think that if you could pull a little more out of this deal, I would love it because I, I do see Jamar Chase's ceiling. We're, we're at it. I don't think he's going to value and continue to go up, uh, especially when you see guys like uh, Jefferson and uh, Cup and Diggs and Adams still performing what they're doing. I don't think Chase is ever going to be that guy. Uh, so that, that's my rank here. Granted, it's four because somebody has to be four. Now, with all that being said, let's end with some positivity. 
Uh, let's let's end with your number one value in my eyes. Uh, and that's a running back. Give me your move at running back that you're you're gonna win now. You, you this is this is all win now. Tell me about it. And this ties everything up in a nice little bow. This goes yes. back to to a uh, our top of the show. I'm dealing JT Jonathan Taylor, and I'm getting Dalvin Cook and Garrett Wilson in return. Yes, and I, I'm going to say real quick before you jump in, um, ranges of players is what we're talking about, people. So you're going to be getting, in this sense, uh, in, instead of maybe Garrett Wilson, you're getting Amon Ross St. Brown, um, or you're going to be getting a DJ Moore, um, you know, stuff like that, or like a DK Metcalf. And at running back, you're going to get a, a Dalvin Cook, a Joe Mixon, a, a guy like that that is a little bit older is, is the value that I'm seeing from this for the consensus number uh, top three guy in startups you know yeah and this is where i'm looking at it because i mean a lot of people are like oh well i don't i don't see that i don't see that dalvin cook is a running back that i see um that week in week out can put up Uh, this this minnesota team is is turning the corner finally he's undervalued um, i will say like 100 yes. percent, he is undervalued in all in all formats yes and it always goes back where they're like well he can't stay healthy he can't stay healthy right. but when he's healthy he's he, he's one of the best running backs in the league you could say the same thing about jonathan taylor you know yeah. he, he's he's had the injury bug Running backs of this caliber do have injuries. That's what's funny is people don't realize, you know, the wear and tear a running back's body takes week in, week out. And especially if you have a bell cow running back like John Taylor that you lean on heavily, uh, and you really don't have that complimentary back, say like, you know, like a Nick Chubb and a Kareem Hunt in Cleveland that takes off that weight you're going to see the you're going to see that wear and tear. You're going to see the injuries. You're going to see the body wear down a little bit faster than what it is if you have a competent backup uh, to complement uh, to be a complimentary uh, back to come to give your starter, you know, ten snaps off a game. That's ten big bruising hits that he's not taking. And that can create longevity for your, your back. Um, Garrett Wilson is somebody that I have really came into uh, trying to trying to get um, on multiple leagues because I see that this kid has a bright future. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his, his routes are so crisp. Uh, and he was not getting this he was not getting this praise. But when he transitioned to the NFL and you just see the progression from week one to now, just like his route running, his, you know, his body control, he is putting in the work and we're seeing the payoff. Yeah. And I think this, this trade kind of puts, I would say it's valuing Jonathan Taylor at about two firsts and a second is where we're kind of valuing him here where and people that might think that's crazy. I mean, I've seen in times where leagues were like Todd Gurley was going for like three plus first. Like it's a real thing. I mean, three, four years ago, Christian McCaffrey, if I, if I told you, hey, give me your give me your 21, 22, 23, 24 first, somebody would have been like, please take them all. Like they would have. Yes. So us saying that for Jonathan Taylor, who is dealing with these nagging injuries that he's been dealing with all year. It, pretty much we're saying like hey let him bounce back he's gonna be he's a top tier guy he's still super young he's like three years in the league like why are we sitting here worried about him being hurt in his third year it it happens granted he comes from a a college system that you know they they run the ball a lot they touch they have a lot of touches he's he's got a, a worn down body entering the nfl and i think that garrett wilson is is a very great get i i know this might be hard because some people might be not wanting to do that but if you find somebody that's sitting bottom three of your league, they probably don't want to trade him. Sure. Okay. So what, what are similar guys that we said? Well, I said maybe like a DK Metcalf, uh, maybe like an Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe a DJ Moore. A DJ Moore would probably be a good get here too, because Garrett Wilson for a team, depending on where they're sitting, they might want to hold because if they're rebuilding, it's a perfect piece. 
Um, DJ Moore is one of those guys that, while he might not be as great win now, now, um, he's he's going to be better for you than having Jonathan Taylor on your team, who we're not sure if he's going to finish out the year consistently. The real big get is Dalvin Cook. I mean, getting your secondary receiver is more so to Dalvin Cook's to help you compete this year, and the secondary piece in this deal is to help you continue dynasty aspect down the road is how I'm looking at this deal, which is why I like it because Dalvin Cook helps you win now. He helps you win next year and the receiver you get on the back end, or we could turn that into a first round pick. I don't care. Um, that helps you down the road as well. And it, it's just good value and you're cashing out at a good time. Uh, maybe not the best time. Maybe John Taylor plays, but when people say that, like, oh, wait for them to just have a good game and then they trade. I, I get on my, sorry, he's probably gonna hear this. I get on my dad about this. He always wants to wait for like a good game. And I'm just like, but what if that good game doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? And then the value just keeps going down. Jump off the train. You don't got to keep riding until the train stops. You tell the train to stop and you get off. So that's where we are on that. Now, let's talk about my situation. I like these moves. Like I said, your running back move is best. Tight end second, quarterback's third, and then the wide receiver one's fourth. Uh, if you had all these guys and you made all these moves, it'd be, you'd probably have a good chance of winning now. And I like this. I like this experiment. I like this aspect. So, all right, you ready? Ready to switch this over? Yeah, and this is just for the listeners' um, understanding. I have no idea what he's about to pitch to me. So he had he he got he got he got some um, he got a little bit of reaction time, so he could break mine down. I'm going in this blind. Yes, and so I am a three and sixteen. I've got injuries. Uh, and it's, it's time to sell for a rebuild. It, my points per game are not there. Uh, I could get lucky and squeak into the playoffs, but I don't want to do that. I would rather let's, let's get rid of these guys that are forcing me into the 1.4 or 1.5 or 1.6. And just, let's just go for it. And let's progressively tank. Let's be, a, let's be good at tanking. And that to me means let's trading away assets of value to other people that are going to win now, like your team there. For things that aren't gonna i'm not gonna score any points that starts off with our first thing go and buy guys on ir go buy all those injured reserve you know young young gun guys that are sitting on these rosters of people that want to win now if you got a team that is sitting in the playoff position and they've got guys like trey lance Brees hall javante williams Traylon burks rashad bateman hollywood brown go buy those guys and i know well, how, how are you going to buy the one one from last year? It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe I have Joe Mixon in a second. I can get Brees Hall. That helps me out next year. Win. that helps my, that, that, that literally helps my points go down. That's probably the cheapest I can get Brees Hall at that time. Joe Mixon's had a good week. This guy wants to win now. Javante Williams. I might be able to flip him for a, a, a Damian Pierce, you know, who, or I'm able to sell Damian Pierce for Javante Williams. And, and I might be able to just sit on Javante Williams for next year's value, where I think he's going to increase type thing. Granted, obviously on a rebuild Pierce does too. I'm just, that's an example I'm using guys like yeah. Josh Jacobs. I'm going to try and get rid of, I'm going to try and get rid of, uh, to be honest, I, I'm going to sit at a spot where I'm going to try and trade Justin Herbert away. And it sounds, I know it sounds very weird, but I'm going to trade away Justin Herbert for a Trevor Lawrence and a pick. Like I'm gonna do those moves. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and sell Kirk Cousins and another older guy for you know Trey Lance. Like I'm gonna try and get these guys that are on IR. The receivers, Burks, Hollywood Brown, and Bateman. I just saw somebody trade Terry McLaurin in a first for Rashad Bateman in a second. Like, wow. That's, hold on. Yeah, wait. That's did I say that right? No, sorry, sorry. The guy that had Bateman had to send away Bateman in a first, and in return, he got Terry McLaurin in a second. So the guy okay. that isn't winning right now, he bought Bateman and he moved his second round pick up to a first round pick for Terry McLaurin. That, that's a, a great move for him because he's bottom three of the league. Uh, he moved his pick up. That first round pick becomes value. If he wants to trade down, if that's one six and he trades down to 110, he gains his second back. And Bateman and McLaurin have the same value to me. That's the type of moves I'm thinking you should move. So talk to me about this breakdown. This is number one. What do you think about this? Going after IR upside players. I like it. Um, I like it a lot because uh, you get those teams that do get these IR players that want to win now. 
they look at it well they're not providing me any uh benefits saying ir spot i'm kind of wanting to win now i need a little extra push you know in the case of like somebody like burks or javante uh you know you can be like well you know and you could spin this to your favor be like you know he's not getting you any points on ir here's somebody that you know that's gonna that's gonna be able to plug in now because you know the waivers wires when he went down, the you know you missed out with your fab, fab bid. So here's somebody I can send you that's going to help you now to give you that little extra push to where you're missing out on waves. So I really like this. I really like this strategy um, targeting IR players because you're rebuilding, and that's that's the key word. Do not look at this as in a vacuum. Of what's it going to do with what have you done for me lately? It's what benefits will you get provide for me? Exactly. And that's kind of how I'm looking at this. And if you're in a situation where, depending on how your, your picks are determined, a lot of places use, um, I think this is the best strategy, is using potential points, or if you're on sleeper, max points forced. I, I think it gives the true identity of who the worst teams actually are. Like, no matter who they started, they would have scored less points than everybody else in the league. By me trading away Josh Jacobs for Javante Williams, I'm going to score zero points from Javante Williams the rest of the year out and help somebody mm-hmm. win helps me rebuild. I'm not saying that deal would go through, but that's the concept that we have. All right. Now, number two, uh, this is, uh, I'm going to go back to back. Number two and number three are going to be young. And that's actually the value of this whole, this whole, my concept is young. Number two is sell youngish guys whose values are peaking. Now this is going to seem weird because I just said the word young and I'm rebuilding. And I want to get younger. However, I want to do that by trading away max value guys before I think their values go down. Now, the first person I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about trading away Josh Allen. Now, this sounds crazy. How the hell am I three and six with Josh Allen on my team? I believe in super flex formats, Josh Allen's value is at the peak that it'll ever be at. He is the one one. He is everybody's number one quarterback. And you can trade him away and get whatever you want. The fastest way to a rebuild is to have multiple assets that help you gain advantages at multiple positions, not just the quarterback position. And yes, I know, Josh Allen is the end-all, be-all mecca of value and everything, and he's an advantage at quarterback. I get it. I get it. But if I can trade Josh Allen for Joe Burrow in a first, you do it. You stay young, you trade away peak value, you gain a first that helps you rebuild at another position. You're three and six for a reason. It's not because of Josh Allen. It's because the rest of your team is dog. That's where I'm at. Mark Andrews, Debo Samuel, uh, Jonathan Taylor, we already talked about, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, all these guys, they're, they're gone for me. And I know it seems weird for a lot of those guys, especially like Mark Andrews. Um, go ahead and just talk to me about this. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Because I mean, these peak value guys means that Josh Allen's value is going to be good for three, four more years, right? Uh, beyond that, but yes. this is this is one I, I kind of torn on. Uh, I see where you're going with it, uh, but I kind of I kind of buck the system here. Um, somebody like Josh Allen, I'm I'm wanting unless I get something outrageously amazing. I want to kind of use that as a cornerstone, but if you can guess, um, the realm I'm looking at is, you know, a young quarterback. If you can get to first for Josh Allen, um, that's something you can look into. Uh, well, let's, trade let's, Lance. Let's, hang on. let's play that experiment then. Okay. Right now, the trade is Josh Allen for two first round picks, and, and you're going to tell me when you would stop saying yes. Like that, that's where we're going to see this value is. And you're going to tell me like, if this seems right. good, I mean, we, we don't care where these first are. We'll say they're late. We'll say they're going to be 11 and 12 this next year, whatever. Okay. They're late, but you're going to get a quarterback in return as well. So let's go ahead and look at the quarterback position and kind of who might be of, of value here. So I'm going to skip through some of these guys that I think are in close enough tiers that that would never be realistic to happen. I don't think Mahomes. I don't think Burrow and two first. I don't think Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray. So if in this deal you could get Tua and two first round picks for Josh Allen, do you do that deal? Yes. 
you get Trevor Lawrence and two first round picks. Do you do that deal? I, I don't know about Lawrence. I'm on the fringe, so that's a maybe. You would maybe ask for a second thrown in. Yeah, I would. I, I may ask for a smidge more, but it's it's definitely on the table for consideration. Okay, Trey Lance and two first round picks for Josh. Yes, Allen. yes, no doubt. And okay, so now you see what I'm doing here, right? Like we're we're yeah. trading away this great value for lesser value that has great upside for us, but we're gaining additional things on top. And I know everybody listening to this, if you are listening to this, we are talking in hypotheticals. This is all hypothetical, but these are these are moves that like I try and make in leagues all the time. I like I just that deal we just talked about earlier in this episode where I got Joe Burrow. Ten days ago, I was trying to trade away Mahomes for Tua and a first and something. I was trying to find that something and I couldn't find it on their roster. But I almost did it because for me, it made sense. I drop a little, gain more, my team improves overall. That's how I was kind of looking at things. So, But now let's talk about Mark Andrews. If I offered you right now today, hey, do you want to take Mark Andrews off my hands? And I want you to give me Dallas Goddard in like uh, maybe like two seconds. Are you taking that deal? You getting Mark Andrews? Um, Depending on where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm running with this the the hypothetical team that I just talked about, yeah, I would take that deal. Right, and now now what about from my aspect? I just traded away Mark Andrews. He's only twenty seven, going on twenty eight. It's not like he's like uh, you know too old. He's the same age as Dallas Goddard, but I just got Dallas Goddard in in two second round picks. I'm rebuilding. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I your logic make it's a sound logic. Uh, but it's you also got to look, uh, and this is goes back to our first point when you was talking the IR spot. Are you three and six because of injuries, and you know you've just been riddled with injuries, or is your team underperforming? That's something that you know we need to address here because from your aspect, I think it's we're just underperforming. It's not we haven't got killed by the injury bug. We can I mean, I we can go it, both. I, I understand the argument. We can make the argument for both sides. Yeah, so I mean, I'm thinking I would I would say that one if you're doing this strategy, uh it's going to work best in a league where there is a lot of communication. Uh if you're in a dead league that you don't see very big much movement on, these trades are really not going to benefit you because you're going to have lackluster owners. These are trades that, you know, I, I think I speak for Ty and myself. Uh, some of our leagues are very interactive. We've got people moving. We've got people in it, uh, posting chat threads. You know, this is, these are some of the, the leagues you're going to need to work on these trades in. If you have a lackluster league, it's lackluster for a reason. Uh, reevaluate your your position in that league yeah 100 percent. and i i do i do get the argument on both sides like if we're riddled with injuries but we're three and six that means that we're winning some games so we must have somewhat of a competent team to even try and compete with all these injuries uh, but if we're not injured then we we went wrong somewhere in our process of building right and my whole concept of this second point is is blow it up and yes it's it's when you're rebuilding and you you tiptoe your way around it it's so frustrating and it's so timid and you're scared and, and you're anxious all the time and it's but when you blow it up it becomes rebuilding becomes fun it becomes so much fun of of capitalizing on this peak value and you're gaining max efficiency for it and i think like in one league that, that we that you know i'm in um we don't really talk about it too much um Commissioner got booted from it. Fun, fun story. Um, league vote. Uh, but I have seven first round picks in that league. I I, I went for a full two year rebuild, and I, I'm having so much fun because the 2023 draft class is going to be fantastic for me. I mean, even if the class is like meh, I have seven first round picks. I have Justin Fields at quarterback. Like I have a Monroe St. Brown at receiver. Like this, it's fun. You know what I mean? And so that's my concept here of number two: blow it up. You have Joe Mixon. He just had a big week. Go get a first plus for him now. Go out yes. there go out there and buy. And we're going to talk about, I don't want to say names because I'm going to talk about my, my third point, but just advantage. Austin Eckler is number one right now. 
you have Austin Eckler on your team and you're three and six, get him out of there. Goodbye. Go get Brees Hall right now. See if they'll do it straight up. Straight up. They probably won't. I wouldn't. But maybe they will. Maybe Javante Williams straight up. That sounds weird in concept of like the number one running back for an (laughs) IR guy. You're losing anyways. And and I heard this on Dynasty Nerds like two years ago. And and I've never lost it. Maybe it's like three, four years ago. Is is if you're in the middle of a dynasty league, you're in the worst spot in the world. You're rebuilding. There's upside. There's there's hope. Uh, there's you know there's joy. Uh, if if you're if you're winning, there's money. There's pride. There's confidence. But if you're in the middle, you're doing nothing. You have no hope. You have no pride. You're just a shell of whatever dynasty self you wanted to be. And so get out of being in the middle. So let's go to my third point. I want you to buy non-big performing young dudes. That's what I, that's the name of this. I want to say underperforming, but they're not necessarily underperforming. I want you to go and buy guys, big list here. Go buy Jahan Dodson, Cardarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, Nico Collins, uh, Shakir, Terrence Marshall, Pierre Strong Jr., uh, Kyron Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad White, James Cook. Go buy guys that are either in their first or second year, maybe their third year in the league that haven't quite hit that boom. Go buy Donovan People Jones. Go out and buy these pieces that to other people, they're like, why do you want this guy? Well, because I'm rebuilding and they're of no value to you sitting as your 12th bench player. But to me, if they move forward, I can flip a third round pick or a fourth round pick for Kyron Williams and he becomes the Rams starting running back next year. Boom, I'm in a good spot. So go after these youngish, non-big performing dudes this is probably thus far this is probably my favorite point you brought up is because this is something i'm actually doing um i've got a lot of shares of uh, the players you've you've mentioned like uh, a dpj a um um shakir uh, James Cook. Well, you, you're Shakir is. Be- I feel like I, I. You need to give me credit for you having Shakir shares. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you was big. I, I like Shakir because I thought that he was going to slide into that Cole Beasley role. Yes. Um, and that's why I like him. Plus, I mean, he went to an amazing high-powered offense that mm-hmm. you know any of those receivers could blow up any week. It's just not going to be Stephon Diggs. Uh, but yeah, me, me, and you went head to head on Shakir on. In a couple of drafts this this past season, um, just because you know it's a player we both are very high on, not immediate payoff, but a future payoff. Exactly. So, and I'm not, I'm not looking at just like this year. I'm not looking at 23. Like when when I when I'm trying to buy, you know, Pierre Strong Jr. It's because in 2024 he might have a good role in his you know in his third season in New England. Damian Harris is out the door. He's probably in Miami, and you know. Then we're looking at Stevenson is like, it was the last year of his deal. And Pierre Strong is a fast running back that catches the ball. You know, it's, it's things like that. That's what I'm trying to get. Kenneth Gainwell, why are you going to buy him? I mean, right now, everybody else, Miles Sanders is doing really good in Philly. Yeah, but he's in, he's in a contract year. I, I just think Gainwell could, I think it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. That's the move here. Now, the final thing this kind of ties into this, picks, 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 picks. Everything you do, sell for a pick. If, if you sell a small move, ask for at, and your league has three rounds, ask for a third thrown in. They're gonna be like, why? And just be like, why? Well, I just I, I like it, but I need a little more. Just take a little more out of everything. Okay. If if, if you go to a convenience store and this is the, the, tell me this is not one of the best feelings, and you're paying with cash, and they go, uh, it's four oh three, and you hand them four bucks, and you go to look in your pockets, and they go, hey, don't worry about it. I got three pennies right here. Is that not a great feeling? Yeah, the the give a pity, take a pity. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of the greatest feelings feelings in the world. It's three pennies. Who gives a shit? But you know, you know, you know, who gives a shit. Me, because I just got a third round pick. Because you don't need it. You're 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 six and three right now. Why do you need a third round pick? That guy's never gonna play for you. He's gonna sit on your taxi for three years. Just let me take him. And then I compile two third round picks and I move up to the three one and or I get the I get the two the two ten. You know, and it, take everything you can from all these people. And just it, it, just make it seem like it's nothing. It's a throw-in. If if you have two seconds, and 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 move up to a first, like compile and move, compile and move, move up, move up. Nobody wants to move up in in, in rookie drafts ever. Everybody yes. wants to move down and gain as much as they can. They want to. 
You have two in the same round. Move up a round. Move up. If you have to move up eight picks, move up eight picks. Better valued this player. Is, yeah, this is what I call the paperclip. Uh, Ooh, like it. The, the paperclip um, strategy. And I've seen other people use this. And that's where, you know, they got it from the basic uh, back some years ago. And you see it. You see it now, too. People will take something that is as minuscule as a paperclip and trade all the way up to like, I seen a guy trade from, go from a paperclip to a Tesla. And it was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. But it's not so much what he traded. It's how he positioned the trades. Yeah. And that's where, that's where you got to be on point. And don't get greedy. Do not get greedy. This, this is a good concept. As long as you don't try to get greedy with it. Yes. If somebody's like, if if you you like the deal and it's really close to you, don't go in looking for a high second. Take that third. That third with yeah. your third, package it like Ty said, package it, move up to three one, two ten. Yep. That range. Take two ten, package it with your second. Hey, let me let me move up. Let me move up like six seven spots now you're at the two three so that's going to put you in the top 14 players of the draft and depending on how and this is what and when it comes around to your league draft this is what people fail to realize is they have this tunnel vision they think of okay this is helping me right now this is what's right now they don't look at oh this is going to be paying off in a year or two this is why you've played dynasty football you you play to win now, of course, but if you're in that middle of the road or if you're in that rebuilding stage, you want to broaden your horizons, look at the payoff for two to three years the, rather than the immediate impact. And here's another thing real quick. Let's just let's touch on this. Um, two things here with this. The don't get greedy thing makes sense. If you're doing a deal and it looks like on paper and you and the other person agree, it's like, and, but you don't say it, but you're just like, this is probably, it's probably fair. Like it's probably 50, 50. Ask for, ask for 51%. They get 49, you get 51. Well, Hey, Hey, I'm, I'm throwing away my money this year. So just give me that, give me that, give me that fourth round pick. Like just ask for a little bit more tiny bit. Second thing, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about on this. If you play in a dynasty league, which most of them do, um, that has, you know, free agent auction bucks, you know, you, you have these blind bidding bucks, whatever they're called in your rebuilding and you have some left, sell those now for draft picks. I know it's hard to do, but if you have a four-round draft and you have 50 fab left out of your 100, say, hey, I, I will give anybody my 50 fab and a fourth-round pick for their third. That money does nothing to you. Most of the time, those guys you're going to bid and win free agent players with this late in the season, they're just guys that are going to help you win this season. Highly, It's highly doubtful that they are guys that are long-term guys. Those guys have already been won in weeks two, three, four, and five. I think selling, I have a league that I'm in right now that I'm rebuilding it every year. It is crazy. I can get a second round pick if I sell all thousand dollars of my fab to every year I can do, somebody will buy it because there's always a player in the early season that kind of booms up and I take the risk of, I don't need that player. I'm not going to compete with everybody else. And as somebody's also going to sell their money, I just sell it and I get a free like second or third round pick every year for stuff that I don't even technically own. If you don't own fab, you can still win players. So it's, that's my last aspect on it. Now, let's end this episode. Let's talk about the Content Creators Charity Guillotine League. Uh, there's 18 content creators involved in this league. And so we're down to the final nine. So, Jason, you have been watching from the sidelines for a very long time, um, being the first one eliminated from the Guillotine League. But it's all for charity. So you were the, yeah. uh, technically, you're the first person to get to donate to charity. So you're, you're better than all of us. You're not greedy. You're going to donate before everybody else. So there's a positive to it. Kind of break down the final nine. Break down the waiver that just happened. Uh, that I finally won players on waivers for the first time, and I still have like I still have 130 dollars. Like I have more than everybody else. So this this creator league is really interesting um, because not only do we have a great group of people to start this off as. Who all show their some, cards on on social media, like yes, yes, that 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 do we and we appreciate that. Trust me. Uh, well, I don't, 
because, you know, I eliminated first because I hate Cam Akers. Um, now, this league is, is interesting because, like I said, not, not only is it a great group of people, it's a great group of fantasy minds that all take different approaches. Yes. Uh, this is this is some some interesting. Uh, you know the the most the most interesting one I I I see is the uh, get CD Lamb for seventeen dollars. That was oh, that was an interesting move. Got him for uh, well, everybody's been spending all their money. I mean, of the nine people left, uh, I have one hundred and thirty left going into this past week. I had one hundred and sixty-five. Um, some the next highest is seventy-five, and the next highest is forty, and then after that, there's four of the final nine people that have no more money left at all. Cause they went big early. Yeah. They, they, a lot of people lose their, their money early. I think you just really wanted me to talk about the, the, the fact that you won uh, three high end players uh, on the waivers. I think that's why you wanted to call this out. So you just wanted to, you just wanted, you know, me to, me to, fan you a little bit and get I some got, fan service from me. I got Jamar Chase for $9 and I got Chris Godwin for $8 on top of Lamb for 17 The craziest thing is if we go back, is uh, Brother Matt pointed this out before I did the, the purging and the dropping. Um, so Jamar Chase was drafted at the 1.4. So far, $269 now, depending me, have been spent on him and he has eliminated three teams. And now he's on my roster, so I'm kind of nervous because um, I, I was like, well, don't take him because like, he's obviously a bad omen. But he's on by. He's not actually going to affect me. Um, I pretty much just put $9 fab out there because if so, he comes back. It's, it's a good deal for me. I, I can take a risk. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so far, Jamar Chase has eliminated three teams that have owned him, and he, he's, he's been one now for a fourth time. Oh, oh Busty Chuck, uh, his points for his outrageous oh, yeah. uh 13-15 digs nick chubb austin uh, eckler kyler murray he's got a fantastic team yeah uh so but that that's what is interesting about these guillotine leagues is you can you can catch a team at the right moment and you know benefit now you know i just find it I, I think it's going to be funny when uh, Jamar Chase is on a bye and he eliminates you still yet. <laughs> I'm nervous. Man. I, I, I have I been will laugh at that. So lucky. Like, just a fun league. It's a fun concept. And I just wanted to say thanks to all those guys because the winner of the league gets to pick our charity and everybody throws in money to that said charity. And I just want to bring, bring notices because Scott Fish does a great thing and we kind of take inspiration from Scott Fish, and we wanted to do something similar that can benefit something. So that's where we kind of are with this. With all that being said, thank you guys for listening to our return episode, a little bit longer than normal, audio only. Make sure you guys give us some uh, ratings, some stars over on you know, Speaker, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you're on Anchor, wherever you are, share, like, and follow this on our social medias, uh, and keep saying too, because now that we're not getting knocked on our ass due to sickness. Uh, we're kind of back in the swing of things and we can start moving forward. Uh, any final words, Jason? Uh, no, I mean, just go out there, enjoy your leagues. Um, and just, just have fun. Uh, sometimes I'm, I will say this from the bottom of my heart. Sometimes life gets too serious and your league mates are a community of like-minded people that are there to support. I made some great friends. Uh, most importantly, you know, Ty, me and Ty came up with this concept simply because a bunch of guys that I was in another league with invited me to le this league and they pushed for uh, probably a good three weeks that me and Ty have so much good content, banter and stuff that we should put a fantasy football podcast together. And that's, and that's how we ended up here. So, yeah. um, you know, with, with a lot of stress, I mean, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Uh, and you do forge some great friendships with some of your league mates. Not always, but I could take every league I've been in and I've at least made one good friendship out of it. So cherish those moments and uh, build from them. And with all that being said, thank you guys for listening. Be positive, turn the tide, do what's best for the better of the league. And as always, get out there and make some trades. We'll see you guys next week.